You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. On your way there, Judges 5, let's show the picture from last week. This is from Oliver. Is Oliver here today? I'm looking. He was here somewhere. Um, Oliver gave this to me before we were done last week, so this was hot off the press. And this is from him, the snake tempted Eve. And there from there in Genesis 3, that fall and our sin grew from that time, and Oliver caught that. And we're going to hear, even if you listen carefully, even today, I believe we'll hear even from Genesis. But uh, thanks, Oliver, for, for drawing that. And everybody, there's some other interesting pictures. I didn't pick this because it didn't have the, the peg, the tent peg from last week. We'll hear about that again today. There's more vivid imagery, right, guys, girls, from 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 last week back there, and we'll see it again today in our text. But anyway, thanks, Oliver, drawing that. So hopefully by now you've come to Judges chapter 5, and there is a song before us. I want to read the whole thing. I think it's helpful to read all of this together, so I'll read it for us. Follow along the best you can in your version of of this entire song, and then I want to just go back through it, kind of piece by piece and uh, comment a little bit as we go along. So let me read it in its entirety of what we have before us. Looking back on chapter 4. So here it is, God's Word. Then saying Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, on that day, that the leaders took the lead in Israel, that the people offered themselves willingly, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. To the Lord I will sing. I will make melody to the Lord, the God of Israel. Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the region of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped. Yes, the clouds dropped water. The mountains quaked before the Lord, even Sinai before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. Travelers kept to the byways. The villagers ceased in Israel. They ceased to be until I arose. I, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. When new gods were chosen, then war was in the gates. Was shield or spear to be seen among 40,000 in Israel? My heart goes out to the commanders of Israel who offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless the Lord. Tell of it, you who ride on white donkeys, you who sit on rich carpets, and you who walk by the way. To the sound of musicians at the watering places, there they repeat the righteous triumphs of the Lord, the righteous triumphs of His villagers in Israel. Then down to the gates march the people of the Lord. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, break out in a song. Arise, Barak, lead away your captives, O son of Abinoam. Then down marched the remnant of the noble. The people of the Lord marched down for me against the mighty. From Ephraim, their root, 
they marched down into the valley, following you, Benjamin, with your kinsmen. From Machir marched down the commanders. From Zebulun, those who bear the lieutenant's staff. The princes of Issachar came with Deborah and Issachar, faithful to Barak, into the valley. They rushed at his heels. Among the clans of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Why'd you sit still among the sheepfolds? Do you hear the whistling for the flocks? Among the clans of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. Dan, why'd he stay with the ships? Asher sat still at the coast of the sea, staying by his landings. Zebulun is a people who risked their lives to the death. Naphtali, too, on the heights of the field. The kings came, they fought. Then fought the kings of Canaan at Ta'anak by the waters of Megiddo. They got no spoils of silver. From heaven the stars fought. From their courses they fought against Sisera. The torrent Kishon swept them away. The ancient torrent, the torrent Kishon, march on my soul with might. And then loud beat the horse's hoofs with the galloping, galloping of his steeds. Curse, morose, says the angel of the Lord. Curse its inhabitants thoroughly because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite, of tent-dwelling women most blessed. He asked water. She gave him milk. She brought him curds in a noble's bowl. She sent her hand to the tent peg and her right hand to the workman's mallet, and struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. Between her feet he sank. He fell. He lay still. Between her feet he sank. He fell. And where he sank, there he fell dead. Out of the window she peered. The mother of Sisera wailed through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the hoofbeats of his chariots? Her wisest princesses answer. Indeed, she answers herself. Have they not found and divided the spoil? A womb or two for every man. Spoil of dyed materials for Sisera. Spoil of dyed materials embroidered. Two pieces of dyed work embroidered for the neck as spoil. So... May all your enemies perish, O Lord. But your friends be like the sun as he rises in his might. And the land had rest for 40 years. Let's pray again. Lord, as we get into it, there, there is much here. Much to think through, maybe work through. Lord, as we just highlight portions throughout i pray that your spirit would be at work amongst us give us understanding help us to know you through your word and to see the actions of your people and then lord to walk away from here changed by it by knowing you thankful again lord we can come together and hear your word together as a body today what a blessing it is we pray that you'd go forward with your word that it would not return void today your word would bring encouragement to our walk with you tomorrow or later today or this week or in the years to come. May we not turn back. May we, 
as your friends walk with you in joy. We pray this. Guide our time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's pretty easily labeled there for us. It's a song. We're at a song today, the song of, of Deborah. And like most songs, this song has a background to it. It has experience. If you ever listen to interviews of Christian songwriters, they'll say, yeah, I wrote that song. And most often, it comes out of some experience. They, this was going on in their life, and maybe they came across this portion of Scripture. It comes out of that. If you're a country music fan, there's songs that it's the experience and all that comes out in country music, sometimes rather depressing, but nonetheless, it's, it's, there's music and there's, and there's a story. Maybe that's why, you know, there's a story and flow to it that you hear in these songs. Well, there's a song here, much less depressing, and I'm not, you country music, I'm not saying it's all depressing. We won't get into all the played in reverse jokes and all that kind of stuff, but here is a, is a great song, and it's a song of hope. And it's a song to recall by God's people when He worked in their midst. This mighty God was in their midst. There's, you know, as we think about songs, there's no real chorus here. It, it's kind of just verse upon verse. We don't know the tune to it. Each line, though, just goes on and on, and, and we're going to examine it. And just, I want us just to look at the people of God So kind of two categories, the people of God acting like the people of God or not, and then the acts of the mighty God. So again, just looking at people and God, and just keep those categories as we kind of look through uh, this text for us. So let's head back to the text. We won't cover verse 1, we already have. Verse 2, let's look at this, where it says, "...that the leaders took the lead in Israel..." that the people offered themselves willingly, bless the Lord. And right off the bat, for one who would translate this text is a challenge. And I'll just be up front, this entire song was a challenge. The Hebrew here is, this word could mean this, and it could mean this. So I'm, I'm really working off the ESV, although there's, in, there's places where there's, there's questions, is it this word or that? The first line is, is this word here for leaders, when the leaders took the lead in Israel. The word there can also mean the letting loose of the hair. So it's almost when the, when the people let loose their hair or the, the loosened hairs, haired ones let loose their hair, that's kinda, that could be the phrase here. The idea to just help us, I think there's a connection. Maybe it's harder to see, but the letting loose of the hair, that long hair, symbol of strength. So let loose hair, it's like, There's strength, and I think you could see through there this leadership, this idea of the strength of the leadership going out. So whatever the case here, there's strengthened. And I I would say even the men of Israel are strengthened to lead or to be strong where maybe they had been passive. The second line is clear. The people offered themselves willingly. What a joy when people offer themselves willingly. Are you familiar with this? When, when they're not cajoled into service, they do it because I have to, but there's just this, this voluntary, just a freely offering. This was something to celebrate even in the midst of the evil of Sisera and Jabin here. God 
right? Behind all this is mobilizing his people, freely offering themselves. We're going to see more of that. What ways did they offer that? But they freely offered themselves. And may he be doing the same thing even in our time. That we would be a people not driven just to serve or worship or go here and there because of mere guilt and pastor talked about that on Sunday and I should go do that. But we just willingly say, you're my Lord. You freed me. You've broken these chains to do what? To, to be created in Christ Jesus for good works. To go and enjoy serving the Lord. May we be that kind of people to freely offer ourselves for the Lord's work. And so this, this verse or song sings out at the end of that little, little line, bless the Lord. In, in other words, praise the Lord. Why? Because leaders lead or leaders are strengthened or the strong ones go out strongly and people willingly offer themselves. All right, now to verse 3. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. To the Lord I will sing, I will make melody to the Lord, the God of Israel. You hear it here? Kings, kings, listen up. Princes, make sure you hear. I'm going to sing and I'm going to make melody. This doesn't sound like a small song of praise, right? Like, amazing grace. This is like, hey, everybody, I want you to hear this. I've got something to sing about. Church, do we have something? We have glorious things to sing about. In the Lord. Not be shy about it. And there is not shyness here. Well, look on. Because verses 4 through 5 give a bit of the background for why should we sing so loud? Verse 4 and 5 here. Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the region of Edom, the earth trembled. The heavens dropped. Yes, the clouds dropped water. The mountains quaked before the Lord even Sinai before the Lord, the God of Israel. Whenever the Lord marches and goes out, what happens to the land? It trembles. I want you to turn. We're going to go one place today to Psalm 68. And in my study, I came across this psalm. And it's fascinating how more than one place seems connected to this song of Deborah. And we're not looking at every part of it, but if you would head to Psalm 68, there's just a couple points of similarity here. This, you know, written after the time of the judges. We're now in the time of David here where this psalm is written, the particular timing of it. Psalm 68 starts out with, you know, God shall arise, His enemies shall be scattered. Couldn't we say that's the same thing going on back in Judges? There's God is rising, His people are rising. Kind of the same His people aren't gods, but they're rising. Enemies are being scattered because we know the end of the story. Here, that's how this psalm starts out. But then look at verses 7 and 8. We're just reading about God, the the earth trembling. Verse 7 and 8 of Psalm 68. O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked. The heavens poured down rain before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel. God goes before His people with might. While you're there, just look over at at verse 17. I just find this interesting. Verse 17, I'll read through 19 here. Psalm 68. The chariots of God, 
are twice 10,000. Thousands upon thousands. The Lord's among them. Sinai is now in the sanctuary. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. You remember how many chariots Sisera had? He had 900. God, how many chariots does he have? Thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times. God is a mighty God and he's on the move. And he is in, on the move in the time of Judges. And he was Israel's and is our, still our hope of salvation. So, four and five, he's on the move. All right, back to Judges now, six through nine. Just kind of trying to split up some of this. Comment a little bit as we go. Look back at Judges 5, verses 6 through 9. In the days of Shamgar. Now we remember, remember him and his Osgod, son of Anat. In the days of Jael. We'll talk about her in a little bit. The highways were abandoned and travelers kept to the byways. The villagers ceased in Israel. They ceased to be until I arose. I, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. When new gods were chosen, then war was in the gates. Was shield or spear to be seen among 40,000 in Israel? And then it kind of comes back. My heart goes out to the commanders of Israel who offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless the Lord. For all the glory of God in verses 3 through 5 here, we find in the beginning of what I just read, verses 6, kind of into halfway through 7, We find a barren land. There's abandoned highways. Travelers are insecure. They're going to the byways. In other words, the interstate was no longer safe. It's like, let's take that hidden route this way, maybe around the hill or around the mountain. It's just a a barren land, unsafe. Even verse 7, the villagers ceased. They ceased until... there's, There's this break even within a verse... A break when Deborah then arose. She's called a mother in Israel. So there's a contrast here, I think. Villagers are ceasing. The highways, they're abandoned. There's a maybe even even a falling away. And yet there's a rising up of this one, Deborah, as a mother. God was raising up Deborah as a mother to care for and nurse these wayward ones. You see it in the text. New gods were chosen. There's war in the gates. And yet at the, at it, within that, new gods are being chosen by who? By Israel, doing evil. And yet here comes Deborah to care for as a mom, to nurse Israel back to the Lord. So God is raising up a Deborah. And in verse 9, we see the heart of Deborah. My heart goes out to the commanders of Israel who offered themselves willingly. Do you you see this? There's a sense of, I think, men just rising up to go, we weren't doing this before. We were kind of just sitting around and there's this rising up to offer themselves willingly. So there's a reason for this blessing of the Lord. Deborah is joyful to watch this taking place. Aren't we all joyful to watch when leaders lead, when, when those strong in the Lord take the initiative and get up and go and lead and command? 
as it were here. To see people offer themselves to the Lord's work. All right, well then verses 10 through 11. Here again, this, this song, like sing it out. Like verse 10, tell of it, you who ride on white donkeys, you who sit on rich carpets, and you who walk by the way. To the sound of musicians at the watering places, there they repeat the righteous triumphs of the Lord, the righteous triumphs of His villagers in Israel. Then down to the gates march the people of the Lord. One commentary says this about these white donkeys. Is what it says. Only the wealthy merchants could afford these prized animals. The call here is to have all classes. Those who ride, you know, the wealthy, those who must walk because of their poverty, to join in the song of praise for Yahweh who will deliver the people. So by verse 10, the tragedies of of verse 6, and the walking by winding ways, the replaced, do you see it? They walk by the way. Something is taking place. Tell of it. Hear of it in these, these watering places. Now, again, you might have different notes in your Bibles. You know, the, the meaning of the word. I think it's here uh, in verse 11, to the sound of musicians. If you've got an ESV, you've got a little number there. Musicians could mean archers. Or if you're in an NASB, you've got something different, something about uh, those who divide the flocks like shepherds. And again, we're, we're just, well, which one is it? And I don't know which one it is, but what we have here is those that are telling and they're remembering the righteous triumphs of the Lord. It's like there's this sense of this chorus. Whoever these are, you know, archers, whatever, shepherds. Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? And it's just tell of it. And it, news is going out. God's righteously, in His righteousness, triumphing. And this righteous one is gracious to His own. And He will go out against their enemies, which are His enemies. And then there's this phrase, I I read it here, there's this phrase, if you've kind of got your stanzas and your, your poetry kind of separated, it's just kind of by itself, then down to the gates marched the people of the Lord. God's raising up His people. So there's kind of this, this maybe worship, and, I, and, and here's then this going down to the gates. And I think this going down to the gates is the idea of, of heading down for war to the gates. Maybe be, perhaps the gates are, are the, the beginning of this river Kishon. They're marching down. Remember they were on Mount Tabor? They're marching down to the gates, the beginning of this, this river or this place or where they would meet Sisera. And so this beginning of this, this song kind of comes to an end. You know the situation? It looks stark and bad. God's raising up Deborah. Praise the Lord because when He marches, there's quaking and there's trembling. And now we see the people going down to the enemy. And then there's verse 12. Maybe a transition type verse here. 12, it says four times, Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, break out in song. Arise, Barak, lead away your captives, O son of Abinoam. Break out in song. Are you familiar with Johnny Erickson Tata, the quadriplegic? Uh, I think that happened around when she was 18 years old. She's still, still with us, still serving the Lord, but... 
Um, if you've ever heard her interviewed, I, I can remember one time hearing her, she'll, she'll speak, and maybe she was thinking about hymns anyway, but she'll talk, and she'll be talking along, and then she'll amazing. She'll just start singing. She'll break out in a song. I think that, you know, maybe that carries some of an idea here. Just this breaking out. Oh, Deborah, awake. Oh, mother of Israel, break out in song. We might ask, what song? A couple ideas. A song of praise, obviously. Song of worship. Song of encouragement to the commanders. My heart's with them. Go, go, go. And I'm singing of what God is doing. And then there's Barak. There's Deborah breaking out in song, and there's Barak. And the song says, Arise, take away, lead away your captives. Now we could get into, we see Jesus fulfilling this here in the New Testament uh, in a way. Even um, I think we saw it more in Psalm 68. We won't go there, but you can look that up on your own. Just connect that maybe a little bit. Deborah's going to sing and encourage as Barak arises. I, I think there's a complementary picture here. I'm not saying they're husband and wife, but there's this, this complementary mother in Israel encouraging the going. And there's Barak rising up to go. To go forth. So, verse 12 is, I think, in some ways a transition here from, from verses 2 through 11. Kind of this awake, awake, arise, and then it starts. And we know the history of it from chapter 4, but, but now it tells us again. So the barren land, God's might is at work. There's a raising up of the people. So look at verses uh, 13. I'm just going to read through 18. I already read them, but just, just hear them once again. I want you to listen for two groups of people. How will two groups of people respond and march. So listen as we read. Then down, so verse 13, then down marched the remnant of the noble. The people of the Lord marched down for me against the mighty. From Ephraim, their root, they marched down into the valley. Following you, Benjamin, with your kinsmen. From Machir, marched down the commanders. And from Zebulun, those who bear the lieutenant's staff. The princes of Issachar came with Deborah and Issachar faithful to Barak into the valley. They rushed at his heels. And then in the middle of the verse, something switches. Among the clans of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Why did you sit still among the sheepfolds to hear the whistling for the flocks? Among the clans of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. Dan, why did he stay with the ships? Asher sat still at the coast of the sea, staying by his landings. And then verse 18, going to finish, says, Zebulun is a people who risked their lives to the death. Naphtali, too, on the heights of the field. Did you catch the two groups? A pause there. These two groups. There's a remnant. There's the nobles. There's the willing. And then there's those sitting still on the sidelines. The willing group here is Ephraim, Benjamin, Machir is kind of part of, uh, I think, a part of Manasseh. There's Zebulun, there's Issachar, and we find Naphtali in verse 18. They're the willing, but then there's those searching, those sitting still. There's Reuben, searchings of heart. What were we searching? I don't, 
do I? Do I? I don't, I don't know if I should go. What do I do? There's Gilead across the Jordan. Dan's over at the sea. There's Asher on the coastal land. Here's what one commentator says of these four tribes. He says the four tribes mentioned had their tribal portions well away from the battlefield and were probably not directly affected by the Canaanite oppression. But it is clear that the appeal made for their assistance fell upon deaf ears, for not even a token force was sent. Essentially, what were they saying? It's not my problem. Not in my neighborhood. Why should they go? Why should they help a brother in need? Some sat still, as verse 18 points out, others risked their lives to the death. In the church today, the call is the same. What's the call of Christ on our lives? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Christ. To lose your life for the sake of Christ. Don't be a Reuben searching. Do I want to follow him today? Maybe not. I'm not sure. Or stay at the nice cottage by the sea, not against cottages. <laughs> Don't stay there. Sit still. There's kingdom work to be done. Is kingdom work risky? Oh, yeah. Yes. It's risky to step out in faith. But do you want to see where God is at work? Go. Don't sit still and watch and arise and see how God is at work. Even if it means your own death. Verse 19. The kings came. They fought. Then fought the kings of Canaan at Ta'anak by the waters of Megiddo. They got no spoils. Almost sounds like bad English, doesn't it? They got no, right? They, they got no spoils of silver. From heaven the stars fought. From their courses they fought against Sisera. The torrent Kishon swept them away. The ancient torrent, the torrent Kishon, march on my soul with might. And then verse 22, then loud beat the horse's hoofs with the galloping, galloping of his steeds. I want you to see here in 19 and then going into 20, there is a contrast of kings. Kings came, didn't they? They fought. Those kings of Canaan fought. And they got no spoil. They got nothing to show for it. They were unsuccessful. They failed. But what about the other king? There is another king fighting. And it's in verse 20, 21. The heaven, the stars fought. They fought. This torrent, Kishon, swept them away. Listen to how, how Psalm 68 says of our Lord, the mighty king, says here, later on in Psalm 68, verses 32 and through 35, O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God, sing praises to the Lord, to Him who rides in the heavens, the ancient heavens. Behold, He sends out His voice, His mighty voice. Ascribe power to God, whose majesty is over Israel and whose power is in the skies. Who is in heaven? Who's fighting? Who's directing this 
torrential river towards this army. It is God alone. It is not some pagan deity or some star god. You know, in the, in the, from what I read, the Canaanites look to the stars as, as the gods fighting. This is the God above all those who made the stars, above all the heavens. If I can, just a side note of application here. Just a rather brief. Can I just encourage you, and any of you that are into maybe sort of a kind of a light, fun astrology, I look up my horoscope in the paper. It's kind of innocent. I, just, I tend to look that up, see what's going to happen. Can I just ruffle some feathers and say this has nothing to do with the God of the universe? He directs the stars. It's really, a, I think, a form of pagan worship. And I just implore you to cease. No longer go to that horoscope if that's where you kind of go. It's kind of, it's kind of fun. Just what, what's my symbol? Don't go there. Worship the God. Go to the God above all the stars. Okay. Back to just this little phrase. Verse 21 at the end, it says, March on my soul with might. We might say here, March on my soul with might. Who's, who's the my? Who's the what soul? I think this is a joining here of Israel and the Lord. Who's marching? Well, certainly it's Israel. They're marching down or they're going down. Well, who's going down though? It's the Lord is on the march. Right? We just read that. The heavens are on the march. The river's on the march. The God. So march on, my soul. There is this connection of the people of God and their God. Just as there's a connection of the church, the body of Christ. As we march, so Christ moves on in the world. I think we see that here. They obey. They obey the Word. Command, go. It's time. And He delivers. Now, might be debatable in verse 22. Just what about these horses and the hoofs and the, what's going on here? Again, I, I just see them as, as these are God's, a way of kind of uh, symbolizing God's movement. His horses galloping, the galloping of his steeds, crushing the army of Sisera. I know it doesn't say chariots there because it'd be, here's, here's the 10,000, 10,000, 10,000 chariots coming after Sisera. That's the Lord. Well, there's one more place listed, and that's in verse 23, and it's this morose. So let me read that to you, because it says, Curse morose, says the angel of the Lord. Curse its inhabitants thoroughly, because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. I don't know exactly where morose was, some commentaries place it quite near the battlefield. Maybe if we looked at Mount Tabor, kind of this, this hill, and then down the hill was the, the river valley where they fought the battle, maybe Moroz was somewhere there or, or somewhere else where the fugitives were running and Moroz just kind of sat in their houses and like, just, let's just let them run by. Let's not be part of this. They didn't help, and they are cursed for not helping the Lord. Now, hold that. The, the curse morose. But what do you see next in verse 24? Blessed. You see the opposite? Curse morose. They didn't help. So even not helping is part of cursing. You're, you're for or against the Lord. There's no middle ground. 
Morose is cursed. Verse 24, though, be blessed, women, of, of all women, J.L. Now look at her account. Verse 24, most blessed, most blessed, be, uh, <laughs> most blessed of women be J.L., the wife of Heber the Kenite, of tent-dwelling women most blessed. He asked water, she gave him milk, she brought him curds in a noble's bowl. We talked some about that last week. She sent her hand to the tent peg and her right hand to the workman's mallet. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. Between her feet, he sank. He fell. He lay still. Between her feet, he sank. He fell. And where he sank, there he fell dead. That's vivid. It's a vivid song, isn't it? it? It was last week. It still is. The Bible goes out of its way, God's Word, just to, to have us view this scene where we might want to say, kids, don't, don't read that. You know, just re- don't think about that too much. There's imagery here of this sinking of Sisera. And just as the horses in battle strikes, uh, there's s- similar language. She struck Sisera. There's, there's verse 22, the loud beat of the horse's hoofs. There's a striking there. Here's Jael in her tent striking Sisera, striking the head of who? God's enemy. God's enemy. He's crushed. He's pierced in vivid imagery. Sisera is, we're going to see this again, verse 31. He's the enemy of the Lord or encompasses that idea of the enemy of the Lord. Let me just suggest, it's, it's hazy here. I'm not saying it's a perfect connection, but there is some connection, once again, that takes us back to Oliver's picture of the servant, serpent tempting Eve and that curse that came upon the serpent in Genesis 3.15 where the offspring of the woman would bruise, crush the head of the offspring of the serpent or the serpent's head. We get a, a little glimpse of that right here in this Account. We see it's kind of hazy, but it looks forward to a final day when God's enemies are crushed under the hand of the righteous king, King Jesus. But Deborah, as we look on here, we've got Deborah as a mother in Israel. So we find near the end another mom looking out the window. I don't think that's by mistake. Here's the other mom looking out the window. Look at verse 28. Out of the window she peered. The mother of Sisera wailed through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the hoofbeats of his chariots? Her wisest princesses answer. Indeed, she answers herself. Have they not found and divided the spoil? A womb or two for every man. Spoil of dyed materials for Sisera. Spoil of dyed materials embroidered. You could just see she's used to things coming and returning after he goes out, right? Two pieces of dyed work embroidered for the neck as spoil. And the lines here bring you into the lament, the wailing, the grief of this mother. Again, vivid imagery. Here's the mom at the window. He just, where, where is he? He's not coming. I don't see him. The mother of God's enemy laments while what does the other mother do of Israel? Rejoices. 
This isn't a, a song necessarily about how you raise kids, mothers. It's just it's looking back on this. One mother writes a song of praise to God. Another mother laments the delay and death of her son. Just to give us that imagery of these two things that now as we come to verse 31 are just summed up as kind of just the, the end capsule of this song. So look at verse 31. So may all your enemies perish, O Lord. But your friends be like the sun as he rises in his might. The contrast here, enemies, friends, could not be more fitting even to a song of just of images and different things. Enemies will perish those loved of God will rise like the sun. Why? Not because of their own doing. It's because of God's covenantal grace to those who look to Him by faith. Jesus says this of His disciples in John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. This star-fighting God calls out to His own among sinners and says, Come to Me, you who are loved by Me. And it's in contrast to the enemies of God, of the Lord. Which really then just kind of leaves us to consider this as we, as we come away from this. And there, there's rest for 40 years of the land. Consider this today. Are you an enemy of God or a friend. There's no middle ground. Jesus says, Luke 11.23, whoever is not with me is against me. That's, you're either an enemy of God or you're His friend. And here, even in verse 31, the word for friend has this idea of being loved by Him. This, that's the idea of this friendship with God. There's a contrast here. The truth is, all of us are born enemies of God. That's how we're born, in sin, in rebellion. And yet God in His love and mercy, He awakens our heart to see our sin and our need for Him. May you be awakened today in your heart. May you see your sin and your need for Him today. The same God who raised Jesus from the dead, that He would give life to you, to all, that when, when your heart is awakened by the Lord, you run to Him in repentance. I, I am an enemy. I am in sin and rebellion. And I need You, Jesus. I trust in You for my righteousness, my forgiveness, my salvation. He is the God of our salvation. We have no other hope in us. And then let me challenge you. Yeah, every believer here, you are, I'm believing in Christ. I, that's, that's where I am. He is my Lord. Let me just challenge you. Will you be counted among those who sat still, who stayed by the sea, just kept searching and never acted and marched? I, I don't want to lay guilt in that way, but just to encourage you, rise. The Lord's on the move all around us. COVID has not stopped the Lord's movement, has it? Or, or a quickly declining morality in our land or our culture that has not, God is not like, I will wait till everything gets organized and then I will keep moving. He is moving. 
He's on the march. Nothing will stop him. Proverbs 19.21 says, says this, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Do not be found searching, sitting still. You in your life, you work out the application for that. Maybe asking, what is God calling you to something? To do something? To, to offer yourself willingly to go, to arise, to be encouraged. Someone hear this as an encouragement today. God's at work. If you're hearing that, then, then rise and go. Or go to that person or that need or that, whatever, or that land, whatever it may be. What might God be calling you today? And then sing as you go. Sing the praises as you go of a mighty star-fighting God who goes before you. Let's pray. Lord, why are you gracious upon us sinners? You're gracious that we might sing your praises and your glory once again. For we have nothing. And apart from you, we do nothing. Lord, would you go out before us and in our going, may we not go with mere guilt and say, this is my duty as a Christian. Lord, forgive us for that. May we go in joy and freely offer ourselves to rise and do battle with the enemy. Caring for those around us. Lord, sharing the Gospel with someone that needs to hear it from us that is only in our area. Maybe it's a land we need to go to or a relationship we need to make right. What, there's a million things, Lord, you ask us to step out in faith to do. May we do it. May this body and those visiting us today, we, may we not be a people that sit still and are content in cottages. And Lord, where we have been, we pray that your grace would speak again to our hearts. There is forgiveness in one name. It's the name Jesus by which we're made free to then follow. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.